Hi, this is Tom Sohn, and there's definitely a lot of pressure building for landlords to accept tenants that have pets. And do you know what? There's a load of arguments for and against pets and why landlords do and do not accept pets. And I can understand both sides, to be honest. You know, the arguments against pets largely surround damage and what damage that pet could cause to the property. All right, we're, we're, pro we're not talking about all pets here, but there are some pets, for an example, cats and dogs, they leave a smell. There is a definite cat and dog smell. No matter how much a tenant cleans the property and looks after the property, there is always a pet smell. And you know what it is. You walk into a property, you can normally tell whether that person, that occupant has got a, a cat or a dog. Now, that's not the end of the world because there are measures that you can take uh, during a tenancy and after a tenancy to make sure that that smell goes and leaves the property as quickly as possible. But, you know, things like that may well come at a small cost um, or it might be something that you insist that the tenant maintains. And there are, like I say, there's a few ways that you can make sure that a tenant's cat or dog doesn't stink out the property. Um, but then there's also the question of further damage, i.e. dogs that uh, might damage certain parts of the building, cats, they scratch carpets, not all of them, but you know, sometimes cats do pull up carpet and uh, that can be quite damaging to the property. You could make the counter argument that says, well, that's a tenant responsibility, yes. But it's still damage to the property and it's still something that that tenant needs to take care of um, before a new tenant can move in. So it just increases that risk slightly. There's noise pollution. You know, sometimes you get those dogs that just bark, 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 bark all the time when the tenant's not in the property. Same with cats. You know, you hear at like 12, you know, midnight, you hear that horrible noise of cats fighting outside. All right, I'm clutching at straws a little bit here. I'm just trying to think of some uh, arguments against uh, tenants with pets. Um, and it also depends on the type of pet that you are allowing into the property. You know, cats and dogs are going to be higher maintenance, whereas, um, you know, hamsters aren't going to be too much of a problem. However, if your tenant doesn't look after the, the hamster cage, then there's going to be that smell again. There is always a pet smell. Doesn't matter what pet you've got. And then you go a little bit further. I mean, I've seen tenants that have loads of snakes and lizards. Now, there's nothing wrong with snakes and lizards because actually they're reasonably clean and tidy and reasonably hygienic in that they don't smell so much. Um, definitely a smell and sorry if any tenants are listening to this or any pet owners are listening to this doesn't matter what you do to people that don't have pets there is a definite pet smell in your property now someone might not tell you they might not be honest about that but whether you've got cats dogs lizards snakes hamsters tortoises whatever where that pet is there is a definite pet smell. So that's the arguments against why you wouldn't want pets. None of it is the end of the world, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, I must say that. All of it is solvable. Yes, there is the slightly increased risk of those things damaging your property. Um, 
you know, the noise side of it, just jumping back to that quickly, but the noise side of uh, damage or pets could be an effect on the surrounding neighbourhood or your neighbours. It could be effect, an effect on um, you because then if you get complaints from the council about a barking dog or a, a whining cat, then that could be a, a further problem for you. And additionally, if your cat is free roaming, then sometimes cats go into other people's properties and cause damage. Look, I know that's not necessarily a risk to your property, but it's something that you might need to get involved in. So try to remember that if you're thinking about tenants with pets. There are certain risks, but they're not dramatic, really. Personally, with my properties, I'm not fussed about having a pet in the property as long as the tenant understands the steps that they can take in order to protect my property and their home against the pet. You've also got the arguments for pets. Now, this is what people tend to miss. There are definite positives to allowing tenants with pets. First of all, it does promote longer-term tenants. If you are a landlord and you allow pets in your property, then you can definitely count on the fact that your tenant would stay longer generally overall because there are less landlords that accept pets first of all, which means there's more chance of the tenants staying in your property because they have less choice to move out to. Secondly, they're more likely to stay long term because if their pet gets settled in the property, then the tenant's more likely to get settled in the property. And if your property is pet friendly, so if they've got a cat or a dog and they install a cat or a dog flap in the garden, then they're more likely to stay for longer because they've arranged the property to suit them and their pet. You know, so there's a, look, there's loads of arguments why you would allow a pet um, in a property. There's also your tenant's comfort, your tenant's mental health. You know, the happier the tenant, the longer they're going to stay, the more likely they are to pay the rent, the more likely they are to look after the property. Because, again, if you don't have a pet and you've not really been a pet sort of person, then you might not appreciate the value that your tenant holds within that pet that sense of uh, friendship, companionship and comfort and so on, especially with dogs. People that own dogs uh, generally are very reliant on that dog for a bit of companionship and, and so on. So before you set out your rules within your property to say, I do not accept pets, then it's definitely worth thinking about what the risks actually are and what you can do to protect yourself from that risk. So for an example, you could discuss with your tenant about uh, a periodic clean and or defumigation where the tenant every once in a while, let's say six months, is obliged to carry out uh, professional clean, a carpet clean, all those things. You could also include in your agreement with the tenant that they uh, they will look after or take care of any damage caused by the pet, regardless of what that damage is. Just make sure that the tenant is aware that they will be responsible for damages caused by the tenant. 
You are entitled to a deposit as well. So obviously if there is any damage, you can make deductions from the deposit. I would always ask for the maximum deposit available where a, ten, a, a pet is is being, uh, is joining the, the tenant. So look, there's a few things, but what I guess I'm getting at overall is that there seems to be a bit of an idea that, that pets in properties are bad. Now, if you don't feel that, if you don't have any um, reluctance to let, ten let tenants in your property with pets, then uh, that's great. I think you should always keep your mind open there because you open yourself up to more tenants. And that's again it, you know, you're a property investor. So if you're limiting the people that could occupy your property and pay rent, then that's gonna increase the risk of your property costing you money and not making profit. So I would always consider pets and I would advise you to consider pets too. Now you start to question the big pets. Now, if someone's got a massive, great big Rottweiler or a huge, great Dane, now that comes with additional risks. And this is gonna sound really silly, but you know, big pets like that, they defecate in larger amounts. And sorry to talk about those things, you know, it's it's seven in the morning here, so uh, it's not a nice conversation to have, but it's the truth. And so you would want some sort of protection from the tenant against that sort of damage. You know, generally speaking, we're talking about carpets and walls, aren't we? That's mainly what pets are gonna be able to damage. There is the question about the garden. Is a pet gonna damage the garden in any way? Again, go back to the tenant and seek certain reassurances in writing to say that the tenant will maintain the property periodically against any damages or effects of that pet. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Tenant, if you want to live in this property, that's fine, and I accept your pet. However, it must be on these terms, and that's the way to think about it. I accept pets, but it's got to be on these terms. But this all started because I said that there is increasing pressure on landlords to accept pets. There's two sides to it. Side number one is that there are more and more tenants that have pets now. More tenants have cats and dogs, that's for sure. So it's probably worth thinking about uh, thinking about your policy, your own personal policy on pets, because there may well be more tenants as we get into this rental um, future, where it seems to be an increase in rental demand. Um, it's probably worth reconsidering your policy on pets if you have like a straight no on pets as your policy. But the other side to it is that the government have already introduced um, the uh, no discrimination against pets into the model tenancy agreement, which, you know, not everybody, not everybody uses a model tenancy agreement. I, I worry that potentially they're going to in the future, but right now, model tenancy is just another type of tenancy. You've got an AST as well. So that's what the most common form of tenancy is. But I do think that in the near future, the discrimination against pets is going to be banned. And I think you're, it's going to start with, first of all, you're not going to be able to advertise that you do not accept pets. That's for sure. And then I think you are not allowed to 
reject any tenants because of pets. And I think that's gonna become something across the board. So there's a couple of things you can do, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord. Number one, not worry about it so much. Actually, pets aren't a bad thing. Generally speaking, you can take very minor steps to protect yourself from any sort of effect of pets. And number two is start taking steps within your property to, I guess, future-proof your property from pets in the future. So for an example, the type of carpets you go for, or indeed the type of flooring you go for, the way that you uh, organize your garden. Maybe you might elect for patio rather than lawn because dogs will probably dig up lawns. They're more likely to. I'm not saying that all dogs dig up lawns. I'm saying that you've got to always do it in terms of odds, right? It's the odds. What are the odds? And the odds are a dog is more likely to dig up a lawn than they are not to. Or they're more likely to dig up a lawn than a human is, right? So if there's a tenant and the chances of digging up a lawn are, are very small, but then you add a dog into it, then the chances of that lawn being being dug up increase. Sorry, I'm giggling because I've just, I just had visions of a tenant going into the garden and just digging up a lawn for no reason with their hands. Anyway, I'll grow up one day. Um, yeah, so there are certain things that you can do for sure, um, but personally, I'd start now. I don't think there's anything wrong with allowing pets into your property as long as you know the risks. And as long as the tenant is in agreement that they will protect you from those risks. And like I said, the line is, I'd love to have you living in my property. Mr. and Mrs. Tenant, I'd love you to make it your home. I'd love to allow your pets to join you. However, it's got to be on these terms. And I hope you can appreciate I've got to protect my, my investment. And that ends this little presentation with the golden rule, is that you've got to protect your investment. And that's what this is. You could, could, as a final thought, have some sort of consideration in the rent value for pets. If you think there's gonna be a significant increase in cost because of allowing, or a significant increase in cost because you're allowing a pet to move into that property with a tenant, of course, then you could reflect that in the rent that you charge. And I think that's a fair way to do it. And I think that's what a lot of landlords are gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. So if a tenant wants to move into one of my properties and they have a large dog, a Great Dane, something like that, then I'm gonna assume that they're gonna live in that property for an average of four years and um, which seems to be the average tenancy across the, across the country. And then I'll work out what my cost might be and try and increase the rent to cover that potential risk. All right, that's it. So I hope that helps. Good luck, everyone. And don't worry about the pets as long as you protect yourself. Speak to you all soon. Oh, and remember, the goal to all of this is that your property makes profit but it doesn't just make profit. The goal to all of this is that your property makes profit without you. And that's the key. Speak to you all later.